I turn them off. I was like, am I about to rap? Are you going to ask me to... (laughs) So this isn't a podcast. It's just a... I wanted you to hop on one of my verses for one of my songs. Yeah, okay. You tricked me into being a feature. Yeah. Joke's on you. I have no musical ability whatsoever. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Don't let the brown skin fool you. I actually can't rap at all. Ah, yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, Well, (laughs) welcome to this series of the Mean World Productions podcast. Thanks for having me. That's my first guest. Absolutely. Uh, So the idea of this series is that... um, Everyone, no matter what occupation you're working in or what, like, what you're doing in life, everyone is, has some sort of piece or some sort of, uh, two cents, I guess, some sort of input to the social structure that we've created as human beings. Mm. Everyone's like a part of it. You know, even a homeless guy wouldn't be the same if there wasn't the homeless people, right? Uh, and then same goes for like the super high up, like government, government officials and stuff. Mm. So no matter what your job is or what occupation you have, you have some sort of input and everyone has a story. So I thought yours would be pretty interesting as uh, how would you describe what you do? I'm currently the creative director of an e-commerce company called The Adventure Challenge. Um, So I am in charge of um, leading a department of people that... Uh, does social media. We make uh, commercials and advertisements for the product. Um, and so it's essentially, it's a mark. I'm in a marketing job. Yeah. Uh, but I, I oversee the creative side of marketing rather than like the, the numbers and the ad spend and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So um, as like a person in the, you're definitely in the creative industry, you mm-hmm. know, you're doing stand up as well. So. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, and that is uh, where I'm hoping to spend uh, the majority of my career, is in, is in pure yeah. um, comedy, like stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and, uh, and writing sitcoms and that kind of thing. So that is not my full-time gig right now. My full-time gig is being the creative director, um, but what I'm, the dream that I'm really pursuing um, in the meanwhile is uh, stand-up comedy. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the that's the dream. Mm-hmm. The money's in the adventure challenge, though. The adventure challenge pays the bills right now. Yeah, uh, and someday hoping that uh, that stand up will do that. Yeah, that's really cool though. That's still a cool job to have. Oh yeah, I love my job. Super grateful for it, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun. You know, in the meantime, I think sometimes we get so caught up in uh, waiting for our real job or our real dream to kick in, and I think everyone can relate to being there at some point in their career. I mean, I don't think there are very few people whose first job is their dream job, you know? For sure. Uh, I get, you know, you have really special anomalies like Justin Bieber, you know, he popped off when he was like 13 or whatever. He never had to have the experience of working at a McDonald's or Mm -hmm. uh, something like that, Um, which I I would be willing to bet he he would say, like, I wish that I had had that experience because there are certain things that you can only really... Uh, learn from being like in the thick of it, mm-hmm. and for and, and this is again not an anti-Justin Bieber thing. I'm yeah. just <laughs> as an example, of someone who did just get to like take off pretty much right away, and I think that it could be easy to look at people like him who are anomalies and be like, that's how it should be for me. Mm-hmm. Like I should already be doing my dream. I should already be performing in front of thousands of people. I should already be you know, uh, a viral sensation on YouTube. I should already be making a millions of dollars and dating my dream girlfriend and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, there's actually a lot that you gain from starting somewhere much more humble. Yeah. <laughs> um, the things that you learn in those jobs, the things that you learn from working at McDonald's or Taco Bell or uh, waiting tables, the things you learn from you know, working a retail job where you're folding clothes at Old Navy for eight hours a day. Um, that's where you really kind of get to discover who you are as a person and who you are when things aren't going perfectly well. And I think those lessons we learn about ourselves um, are just as valuable as what we learn about ourselves when we're finally put into um, into that dream job, you know. Um, and so I am in a position right now where you know, I get to be the creative director of a multi-million dollar brand. That's really cool. That's really fun. I, I don't, you know, so I, I don't even say like, oh, well, comedy is my dream job. You know, I kind of, I try to approach my current job with the attitude of this is my dream job. Yeah. You know, um, and, 
and that's what I've tried to do um, for the last 10 years, honestly. Um, I think I've told you this before, but I think it's worth repeating for uh, the podcast. But basically, when I was um, in college, I waited tables. I worked at a burger joint. And it was my job just to like go up to people and be like, what, what kind of burger do you want? You know, do you want fries with that? You know, not a glamorous yeah. job. By no means was it my dream job. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, was obviously like, man, I just can't wait until I'm doing something. Like in college, I wanted just to be making like movies, like videos and stuff. Um, and that was the dream. Like, I just want to make videos. Um, I just want to get paid to do something really cool. Like this job is just to pay my rent and it's nothing else. And uh, I don't remember the exact moment, but there was a, there was kind of like a time where I started to realize that it was probably going to be a while before I had my dream job, like my, you know, the ultimate career path. Um, I was probably going to be waiting tables for a while. So I just started to kind of think like, what if I actually, um, enjoyed where I was right now? Like, what if I pretended like waiting tables was my dream job? What I have, you know, what do I have to lose? You know, I'm only going to enjoy work more. I'm only going to take more pride in what I do. Yeah. And when I kind of uh, started to adopt that attitude shift, it did. It made work more fun. When my friends are like, "What are you about to go do?" Instead of being like, "Well, I, I gotta go work," you know, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go sell some cheeseburgers." Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go uh, make a bunch of tips. You know. Um, yeah. And. Now, I wasn't perfect in having that attitude. It wasn't every day, but it was more of a posture that like more times than not, I was going to even talk about my job in a positive way. I was going to think about my job in a positive way. I think um, probably the people who uh, are your listeners are probably around your age, I'm guessing. Ish, and, yeah. It's yeah. usually like 18 to okay. like 30. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So between our ages, I guess. Yeah. And so I by no means claim to be an expert on positivity and... Um, discovering your dreams because, you know, I still have dreams that are unrealized. I still have things that I am going after that I, in the back of my, not even the back of my mind, the front of my mind, I'm like, will this ever happen for me someday? Like, I really want to be a professional comedian. But in the meanwhile, one thing that I have um, really uh, honed in on in the last 10 years is just being really grateful with where I'm at and making the most of where I'm at. When I say grateful, I don't mean settling. Like, you're never going to catch me being like, well, this is as good as it's going to get, so I might as well settle and just get used to it. That's not what I'm saying. By making the most of where you are, I mean, like, this is what I'm doing right now. Like, today, this is the job that I'm blessed with. These are the circumstances that I'm living with. Uh, this is how much money I make or don't make. And so what can I do right now today to, en to get the maximum enjoyment out of this set of circumstances? And I've just found that going into my job every day um, with that attitude just makes it more fun. It makes it more productive. I'm a better employee. Definitely. I'm a better leader because the people around me, uh, they see that I'm enjoying myself and they think, hmm, maybe I should adopt a similar attitude. And it gets more performance out of them. You know, I oversee a team of 20 people right now. And if I come into work and I'm just kind of like clocking in and like, yeah, well, you know. I guess this is what it is until my comedy takes yeah. off. You know, that's going to be a really sucky um, influence on the people around me. They're going to be like, yeah, I'm also not doing my dream job. I'm also just going to clock in and just get away with the bare minimum. But if I come in and I'm like, hey, what's some cool shit? Can we say shit? I don't know if we can say shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. What, what's some cool shit we can make today? You know, like what what cool commercial are we going to make today? What's what's the social campaign um, on social media uh, that we're going to create and inspire people? Um and when I come in with that attitude, then I found that it elevates the people around me. And all of a sudden, they become really inspired about what they're doing today. And I think you'll find that when you do that on a daily basis, it makes you a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. So by the time you are in your dream job, you are a better version of yourself than you would have been if you just waited around for something cool to happen. Yeah. I, um, uh, in 20, I think it was like 2017, I had just gotten married and, um... I hated my car. I had a red Cobalt, yeah. and I just hated it. I remember that thing. Yeah, yeah, the, the paint. I still have it, by the way. Um, but, the, you know, the paint's chipping, and it was a mess. There was just clothes inside of it. There's, like, fast food wrappers, you know. It's like, 
And I remember just getting my car one day and thinking, man, I hate this car. I can't wait until I have my dream car. At the time, it was a Toyota Tacoma or a Jeep Wrangler. Like, those are the two cars. I'm like, man, yeah. once I get my... And then it was like this voice in my head was like, um, you know, if you had your Jeep Wrangler right now or if you had your Toyota Tacoma, the inside of it would look just like the inside of your Cobalt looks right now. And I looked around. There's fast food wrappers. There's pants. There's uh, just like random snacks you know there's gum wrappers all over the place and it, and it was kind of like a challenging thought like huh like what does that mean and then and then it was like yeah like if if you had your dream car you would treat it like crap just like you treat this car like crap like you don't take time to clean it you leave your crap in here all the time you talk negatively about it all the time uh and if you had your tacoma this is what it would look like on the inside and, I, and I'll just never forget having that thought and then having the next thought, which was, what if I acted like this car was my dream car? How would I treat it differently? Um, and so from that day on, I decided I'm going to clean my cobalt every day. I'm going to leave it spotless. Uh, whenever I get home from work, I'm going to take the stuff out. You know, if I've got food or clothes, whatever, I'm going to take it out. I'm going to wipe down the dashboard. I'm going to clean the steering wheel. I'm going to have, I'm going to spray some like, you know, um, air freshener. You know, I'm going to act like this is my Toyota Tacoma. And, um, so I started doing that and it didn't come naturally at first. Like I would forget for a couple days and then be like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to make this my dream car. Uh, and then, so, and then my wife one time, I remember like, uh, she left a banana peel in the cup holder. We we're about to get out. I was like, hey, uh, babe, will you take out your banana peel? And she's kind of like, what? Like, <laughs> we always leave banana peel. Like, this is a junker car. And I'm like, and I was like, hey, like, um, I'm keeping this car clean because you and I are going to have some really nice cars in the future. And I want us to start practicing for that now. Yeah. I need to know. It, I need us to agree in the meantime, we're going to start taking care of whatever we have. And she was like, okay, sure, whatever. You know, I'm sure she's thinking like weirdo, you know. But she picks up her banana peel and throws it away. And from that moment on, she um, she never left trash in the, the car again. She started to have the same standard for the car that I had. And I think a lot of times we do that. We let people treat us uh, how we feel like we deserve to be treated. And so most of the time that's bad. Um, because we treat ourselves bad. We say, I don't have my dream body. I don't have my dream bank account. I don't have my dream, you know, uh, partner, girlfriend, boyfriend. I don't, you know, I hate my room. I hate the house I live in. I hate the city I live in. And, uh, so we let other people pile on and say, yeah, dude, you're kind of fat or yeah, dude, uh, what's up with the acne or dude, your girlfriend's ugly, dude, there's nothing to do in this city. And we let people bring that negative energy to our circumstances because they see that's that's the standard that we allow in, in our... So bringing it back to the car, it's like as soon as I started to have a higher standard for my car, uh, the people around me were like, oh, hey, like I got into this car. It's an old car, but it's very clean on the inside. So I'm not going to leave my McDonald's wrapper in the back seat. Yeah. You know? Uh, and there's something about that. And so, you know, fast forward three years later... Uh, keeping my car clean and spotless every day, I was finally able to be in a position where I bought my 2020 Toyota Tacoma. And, um, and you know, I would welcome anyone. You you know this. Anyone can get in my truck at any time, and it's going to be spotless. You yeah. know, now that I'm a dad, there might be a little bit of, there might be some Cheerios in the back seat from time to time. Um, it's not perfect by any means. I, and, I'm, and I'm not suggesting that anyone should adopt a standard of perfection on their life because that will just cause anxiety and depression. Uh, but you certainly can do your best and you certainly, and I, and I fully believe that, uh, part of the reason that I was able to get into the job and get into the financial, uh, circumstances that allowed me to get the Toyota Tacoma was it, it wasn't because I kept my car clean, but certainly keeping my car clean was one of the many habits I developed that, oh, that combined, um, what, you know, pushed me towards having this, this better job, this higher paying job, this career, um, and, and this financial situation. And that is why I do have, you know, my dream car today. Yeah. Um, and so I just would challenge people, 
Um, I realize that you just asked one question. I've gone this entire monologue about, um, but I think it's really important. This is good stuff. (laughs) I I think it's really important. It's like, it's like, so maybe you already do have your dream car. Great. I'm sure though, there is something about your life that you could look at and say, this is not where I want it to be yet. So I can either complain about how uh, I wish I had better or I deserve better, or it's not fair that I have this. But what if you... What if you dove in and said, hey, I'm actually going to take this thing that's not great yet and I'm just going to give it my absolute best every day. I dare you to do that and watch three years from now, your circumstances not be exponentially better than you thought that they would be. Do you think that's a total like energy shift? Uh, like vibrationally wise. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's just impossible, you know, and you know, I actually, um, you know, if you want to get weird and like, uh, you know, spiritual and, and, and like, I, I will definitely go there. Um, and, and so like, I even would tell people that I was driving my dream car when they'd be like, what kind of car do you have? Like, it's my dream car. Uh, right now it's a 2010 Chevy Cobalt. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's my dream car right now. Yeah, (laughs) and people kind of got with it. They're like, "All right, cool, man. Yeah, whatever." Um, I started to speak positively about this this car that objectively is kind of a piece of crap. Yeah. Um, but it was a what was I doing? It was my attitude, and even the yeah vibrations that I'm putting out in the world are positive about my circumstances. Yeah. What if you looked in the mirror? I did this um, in college. In college, I had terrible acne. I had adult acne. At the worst time of your life where you want to look your best was in yeah, college, in college, you know? I didn't sure. have it in high school, but in college when I'm Damn. living on my own, trying to, you know, I have terrible acne and it lasted for like two years and I hated it. I would look in the mirror and like literally um, in the morning when I would look in the mirror, I'd have the lights off. So it would be like dimmer. So I wouldn't, I couldn't see my face as clearly. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. I just hated the way I looked so much. And there was something, that same kind of attitude shift, that little voice in my head. It's like, what if you just were nice to yourself? What if you said nice things to yourself? And so my senior year of college, uh, I made myself just like stare at myself in the mirror. And, and, and so I would do that for a few days and just try to get in the habit of just actually looking at myself in the mirror and not, cause I'm like, why would I expect, because at the time my biggest thing was I want like a girl to look at me, to want to look at me yeah. and like what she sees. You know, I think Definitely. as guys, that's like most of our, like, that's a huge, like a huge like desire. Yeah. Um, and, and so I was like, how could I expect a girl to want to look at me when I won't even look at me? What kind of confidence, what kind of vibrations and energy am I putting out there? Yeah. That's like, oh, I am not worth your time. Don't you can, you can feel the insecurity. Definitely. Absolutely. 100%. And so after, uh, I don't remember how long it was. I think it was a couple weeks of just like getting better at looking at myself. Then I started to affirm myself. I would look myself in my own eyes in the mirror and say, you're so handsome. Like you are a worthy person to, it's worth getting to know you. Like you're worth looking at. You're so handsome. And I would say, and the first time I did it, I cried. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was like this new reality that I was trying to agree with smashing into this reality that I had bought into for the past two years of like, uh, Hey, you're worthless. You're not worth looking. Mm -hmm. And those just collided and it just had this complete emotional response, which I think is great. Like, I think sometimes Definitely. we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and say something that we want to be true, but doesn't quite feel true yet. And I think it's okay to do that. And I think if we get comfortable with doing that, because we know that it is a truth, it's not our current truth, but it is our future truth, then we will, uh, we can pull that future truth into our current truth. So I started doing that. I started saying, you're so handsome. You're so handsome. And then... Um, Following that, I started to actually think, if I was a handsome man, how would I dress? So I started dressing a little better. If I was a handsome man, uh, what what else do handsome men do? Well, they have really nice cologne. So still a face full of acne, but I'm dressing better, and I bought a nice cologne. Yeah. Um, I started to feel better about the way that I looked somehow. I won't say magically. It wasn't magically, but it was a noticeable and more sudden than expected shift. Girls started to notice me more. Again, I have not, I look the same. I still have pimples all over my face, but I don't carry myself like someone who has pimples all, you know, I'm not wearing my hair down in front of my face. I'm black. My hair actually can't do that in the first place if I wanted to, you know, you see a lot of people with acne and they, they brush their hair. So it kind of covers their face, you know? Yeah. Um, 
People with acne, by the way, love the pandemic. They love being able to wear masks. I wish that mask were around yeah, when I was when in college. college yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, but, but, but yeah, so girls started to pay more attention to me. I was like, hmm, what, well, so what would a handsome guy do uh, when these girls start to notice him? He'd probably ask them out and not be afraid of being rejected because he knows he's a handsome, good-looking dude. He can ask them out. I started asking girls out. They started to say yes. Yes. You know? um, and and um, then I started to think, like, how do, uh, you know, what else do good-looking people do? Well, they, they work out. I started to work out more. Started to put on some muscle. They eat healthy. This was a big one. They eat healthier. What are some things that I do that aren't healthy? Well, I drink a lot of Dr. Pepper. I drink a lot of Dr. Pepper. I bet, uh, well, I know that I always see uh, good-looking people. They uh, they drink, like, protein shakes. They drink, like, uh, smoothies. They drink a lot of water, and they don't drink a lot of soda. So I stopped drinking soda. I started drinking water. Turns out, soda, the high-fructose corn syrup, was causing my acne. Yeah, that's so what I figured. So I stopped drinking soda, and my face cleared up. So this journey that started with, what if I just treated myself like a good-looking person? Yeah. Actually led to the solution of my face clearing up, of my style being better, of me cutting my hair differently, of me um, having, you know, uh, of me keeping my shoulders back and and keeping my head held a little higher um, and having confidence with women. And so, like, not in, like, a, I'm not saying this in a weird egotistical way. I'm certainly, I'm not a model by any means. But I do, right now, sitting now here 10 years later at 30, I see myself as a handsome man. Yeah, as and, do I. And, um, and that, I fully believe that that is because I, 10 years ago, when I didn't believe that to be true, um, I said, but what if I was? How would I carry myself? And so I say that whole long story to say, like, I think there's probably things that we could all look at in ourselves and say, hey, this isn't the reality that I want right now, but how can I pull this future reality into a little closer to right now? And I 100% do think it's what you say. I think it's the vibrations and the energy that you put out there. I think it will come back to you. And I think that it will absolutely transform you from the inside out. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. That is awesome. Yeah, because everyone sent off a... A vibration and everyone picks up on it whether they're aware of it or not right yeah so yeah yeah man. yeah it's 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 huge and i you know and and some people are going to hear this and uh ignore it and be like well that's not that doesn't apply to me you know the things that i'm down about are things that could never be fixed by just saying stuff yeah you know and i i understand how it sounds i understand that it might sound like i'm um trying to convince someone that you know there's like this invisible energy out there that transforms reality and honestly i am <laughs> that is what i believe to be true uh but i mean I, it's true though like yeah. it's, i know i can understand how hard it is when you're thinking of life from like a mathematical type point of view yeah. like this yeah. plus this equals this right uh but it's so much more than that and it's all about becoming aware of that and implementing it into real life things well i would i would actually also invite that person who's looking at things mathematically or scientifically uh, to take what I'm saying and put it into that equation. And so, <clears throat> so if your equation is saying, hey, like uh, this plus this equals this, that's a mathematical equation that's always true. Two plus two always equals four. I would say that your circumstances plus your mindset will always equal what you are right now. Yes. So what happens if you change your mindset? Goosebumps. Mathematically, it's impossible to have a different answer. Yeah. It equals something else. What is that? I dare you to find out. Yeah, hell yeah, that's yeah, awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, man, it's 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 life changing stuff. I mean, it really is. Like, and this isn't something that I discovered. This is something I discovered for myself. But you know, I'm not the. Uh, I didn't invent this. You know, you, yeah. there's so many people who you could go uh, listen to, and you know, I love Tony Robbins. I love uh, T D Jakes, um, Simon Sinek. Uh, oh my gosh, uh, David Goggins. Do you know David Goggins? I do not Bro, know David. You Goggins. have to. You're going to love David Goggins. I'll check him out. Dude, so he has this book called Can't Hurt Me. And uh, he's this black dude from Indiana. Uh, He was like 300 pounds or like 350 pounds. He was super overweight, hated the way that he looked, hated his whole life. He was abused 
as a child, his dad would literally punch him in the face and stuff. Um, he was called the N-word his whole life. He went to, like, an all-white school. He's the only black guy. Yeah. He was uh, he was just surrounded by racism and How prejudice. How old is this guy? Uh, right now? Yeah. Uh, I think he's, like, in his 40s. Mm. But at the time when this is happening, you know, he's a kid, uh, and I think he was like 19 when he was like 350 pounds. Yeah. His job was being, he was a, an exterminator. He he sprayed for bugs at like restaurants. And then he would go home and he would eat like a dozen donuts and drink a two liter of soda and watch TV and just think about how much he hated his life. And he saw something on TV that was like, it was like a commercial for the Navy SEALs. And, you know, the Navy SEALs are like... The baddest dudes on the planet. Yeah, those you know? uh, those commercials are super captured. Yeah, and so you know David Goggins at three hundred and fifty pounds and eating a dozen donuts every day and and you know killing bugs is his job. He sees this commercial and he's like, I want to do that. And he's met with two different voices. That's impossible. Look at yourself. And this other voice that was like, But what if you could get there? Yeah. And so the book is all about him. Uh, you know getting on an exercise bike for like four hours a day and him likes just starting to do pull-ups. He starts to ride his bike to work. He starts to just believe in himself. He starts to look in the mirror and challenge himself. And he uh, became a Navy SEAL. <laughs> like yeah. against all odds, he becomes a Navy SEAL. Uh, he goes through, and he had to go through SEAL training like three times. He like broke his leg during one of the hell weeks. Um, and he... Uh, if you look up a picture of him, he is like this super jacked dude. He holds, he currently holds the world record for most pull-ups in 24 hours. Wow. He runs ultra marathons. He regularly runs, you know, 135 mile races, um, and has broken all his world records. But so it's so easy for, it would have been so easy for him to look at his current reality at the time where he's 350 pounds, you know, feels like he's just a piece of shit. Uh, but then, but then he says, but what if I wasn't? What if I changed something? And then he changes it, and now he's this whole other version of himself. And sadly, most people, they they go through life, and they are, they are the before picture, and they never get to see their after picture because they are so invested in, this is who I am, this is all I'll ever be. And for you to have an after picture, you have to change something. And if you can't, you cannot change your body overnight. You cannot change your financial situation overnight, but you can change your mindset overnight. Yeah. And I think that if people will just try, just try to make that shift, just try it for a month, see what happens. And I, and I, and I uh, am willing to bet, I would bet money that you'll see at least one change. And when you see that one change, what it does for me and what I, what I really think it'll do for most people is it gets you excited. It's like, if this could change, what other things could I possibly see change? You know, I, um, I, uh, there's a lot of people who are always trying to quit bad habits. You know, um, it could be vaping. It could be, um, it could be looking at porn. It could be eating a terrible diet. You yeah. Know, could be drinking too much. For sure. Um, and we, we have, we spend so much time and energy on trying to quit stuff. If I could just quit eating McDonald's every night, then I could be a closer version. Uh, uh, I could have a better body, you know. Um, if I could quit vaping, you know, then I could go for a jog without wheezing. Uh, yeah. And we're so focused on the things that we need to quit. I um, would challenge people to look at it the other way. It's like, instead of looking at what you could quit right now, which is much harder, uh, what could you start right now? What what could you start? What okay, keep vaping. But start running every day. Start running once a week. Run for 1 mile once a week and even if it's half jogging, half walking, just do it. Just yeah. start doing it and see what happens. What's probably going to happen is you're going to be like that wasn't so bad. What if I ran 1 mile 3 times a week? Well, you'll and, and time yourself. You know, you're like, "Well, I ran a mile 3 times and I did it in 10 minutes." Next week, you'll be like, I wonder if I could do it in nine minutes. And then you will. And then you'll want to start running every day. And then you'll, you'll, you'll be in bed at night like, man, I really enjoyed I ran eight. I ran a mile in eight minutes today. That's crazy because when I first did it, it was 11 minutes. What are some ways I could get faster? What are some ways I could make my time faster? Well, I am breathing really heavy halfway through the mile. I wonder why. Well, I could probably drink more water. Also, the vaping is probably not helping. 
and I love running more than I love vaping. Mm. So I'm going to vape a little less. Not because I feel like I need to quit vaping, just because I want to run better. Yeah. And then you'll do an eight-minute mile. You'll do a seven-minute mile, and you'll be running, and all of a sudden, your lungs will start to hurt. And you're like, okay, well, something has to go. I feel incredible when I run. I feel terrible when I vape. Bye, vape. Enjoy the trash can. And you will, you instead of focusing on what needs to what you need to quit, you're going to be so enamored and so enthusiastic about this new thing that you started that you will, uh, you won't even think twice about why you don't vape. It's because you love to run. You love how you feel when you run a mile in seven minutes and you're sweating and you're breathing heavy, but your lungs aren't hurting because of the chemicals that you're breathing. Yeah. I give that specific example because I know it's true because it's my story. Because during COVID, I started vaping. And during COVID, I also started... Well, I, I started vaping before COVID, before lockdown. And then during lockdown, I started running. And I, you know, when I was vaping, I felt so much shame. I was like, man, this is so stupid. Why are you doing this, man? You know, like, this is dumb. Oh, like, man, you didn't tell me. That's exactly when I started vaping. Really? Yeah, yeah man. So, so yeah. And then I was like, man, I need to stop. I need to stop. I need to stop. Well, then I started running. And then the stop came naturally. You know, it's like, it's like, what's easier? Pushing a, a big stone down a steep hill or stopping a stone that's been rolling down a steep hill. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's You can get crushed trying to stop something that's going, but it's really easy to push things down a hill. Yeah. That's how I view our habits. It's really hard to get in front of something that's got so much momentum and so much steam and so much time already behind it. So instead of trying to jump in front of rolling stones, what if you push some heavier ones down a mountain? Yeah. And, and, and you'll be surprised by which ones hit the bottom first. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah. So, so, so don't focus so much. I want you to stop. Just start some good stuff, man. And, and those other things, uh, when, when it, when push comes to shove, you'll be amazed at how many bad habits you naturally stop because you've got these other good things going. A lot of times when we've got bad things going or when we have bad habits, it's because we don't have a lot of good things going for us. Yeah. You know, when I, when I, in college was staying up till 3 a.m. every night, watching TV, watching porn, eating junk food, it was because I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a, a daughter. I didn't have a house. Like I had nothing going for me. And, and there are seasons in life. And I'm not saying if you don't have a wife, you got nothing going for you. I'm saying these specific examples of the habits I had. It's like, why not? Why not watch TV or play video games till 3 a.m. every single day? There's no consequences. Now that I'm, you know, <laughs> a full-blown adult with a family and responsibilities, the consequences that I have, if I stay up till 3 a.m. playing video games and eating junk food, uh, first of all, my wife is going to be thoroughly pissed at me. Yeah. She's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. But then when I wake up at 7 a.m. because the baby's crying or uh, when I wake up at 8 a.m. To, to go to my job and lead a team of people, the consequences are really steep. And guess what? Sure. Those bad habits, they kind of dissolve naturally because i've got some really good things going on some things that i'm and i won't even say good i'm saying things i'm excited about yeah you know so it's like you know if you're 18 19 right now and you've got a lot of bad habits that you wish you could quit it's like what are some good things you could start that if they grew over time you'd be really excited about them you know i bet i bet you would be more inclined to give up some of this other stuff you know um yeah, but that's just, you know, it's my two cents. Uh, yeah, that's just like uh, with my music, any given song, if I whip something together in like an hour or two mm -hmm. and it sounds like shit, I'm like, this is shitty. Mm -hmm. I, I, I used to just like take out all the things that I thought made it shitty. Maybe it was my voice. I'd record backup vocals or re-record the main right. vocals, yeah. stuff like that. Throw some auto-tune on there, and then I would come out with a song that's just simply not bad. Right. But if I am, if I'm like, what can I add to this song that would make it like something, right? Like mm -hmm. good things. I'm like, uh, maybe like a little like flick sound here coming from the left ear, and then like other stuff like that. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, or add some like bass synthesizers, like some more over here, stuff like that, like different panning and like automation and stuff like that. Then I come out with something that's actually, like, awesome. Like, this is cool. And something you love. For sure. Yeah. And then all the bad stuff has to change with that anyway. So 
to move forward with right. the good stuff. And I'm like, well, if I wanted to sound like this, I'm going to have to re-record these vocals and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of the same dynamic, but also the yeah. same thing with vaping. I had a, a similar story, you know, uh, like football had started back up again. And I'm like, oh, I, I can't do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like one lap and I'm done. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, that's what had me like you with your running and stuff like that. So yeah, that's really cool. Everything starts with the with the mindset, you know. Mm-hmm. It, but to make a, I learned this a while ago. To make someone really believe something you want to say, like uh, I'd I'd try and like mess with my brothers or get Jonah to do something dumb. Like they can know when you're messing with them because of you're like you almost approach it from like a timid standpoint or like oh I I hope he believes this one. But you got to approach it uh, from, like, if you convince yourself that it's true, Mm -hmm. then you send off the vibration that it is true or that you actually believe it. And uh, other people, like, they're like, okay, you know what I'm saying? And then especially, especially, like, more importantly with, like, self-confidence, like you were saying, if you think you're the way that you are, then other people will think that, too. Yeah. But, like... 100%. Even just walking into a room with someone who's like, man, I'm a piece of shit. Like, if someone's in that room, you're going to know who it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Definitely it, stands out. You can't smell it, obviously, but you can smell it. You, you know it. what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. For sure. Definitely. And and by the way, you know, we don't generally, not even intentionally, but generally innately, we don't enjoy being around those people. So yeah. when you put off the energy of, like, no one wants to hang out with me, it kind of makes it true. Because no one likes to hang out with someone who is just going to, like, have their arms crossed and their head down the whole yeah, time. It's like, those aren't fun people. Like yeah, those aren't fun people to hang out with. For sure. You want to hang out with someone who enjoys life, who who makes jokes, and who will look at you when you're talking. And, um, and, and, and that's just naturally the kind of people we're drawn to. Yeah. And it's not a thing of, like, it's not even, like, a bullying thing. Like, bullying is a real thing, and, and, and that's a problem. But even nice people don't really want to spend time with people who believe they're losers. Yeah. Because it's just not fun. It takes it costs you energy. <laughs> you know, if I if I have 100% energy and there's this guy who has 0% energy and he just hates himself and hates life and we go hang out and to have a conversation, I have to give him a lot of my energy just so he can function as a person yeah. and just so that we can engage in a friendship. Right, but what happens when there's two people who are at 100% energy? Then you get together, just, boom! You just you right laugh right. a lot. You create good ideas. You have fun yeah. experiences. You make memories. Um, you create a strong bond. And it's like if you're being the kind of person who's constantly demanding energy from other people, they're not gonna want to hang out with you as much. Like people innately are selfish, and where we uh, we look at things in terms of survival. <laughs> I only have so much energy to give. If there's someone who, and there is room. I'm not saying don't hang out with people who need something. Like, like it's okay to give yourself. It's okay to give your time. It's okay to give your energy. But you can only do that so much. You know, the kid who hates himself, yeah, sit with him at lunch. Be a good person. But at the same time, you can only do that so much before you're like, okay, I need a break. Because you, you, you know, you're taking my energy. I need, I also have needs. And I need to hang out with people who are also going to give me energy, or I at least need to I at least need to hang out with people who are going to match my energy, you know. Um, and so, so if you're being that kind of person uh, who is constantly taking, 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 uh, then you're just not going to get those hangout texts. Yeah. You're not going to get those invites as much as you'd want because you're costing people when they to hang out with you know like when people you know when they think about hanging out with you they're like oh that's going to cost me something and I don't have that to give right now but yeah. what if what if when people thought about you they were like I'm I'm going to gain energy I mm-hmm. I'm going to get more life that person is life giving when I hang out with them dude they're going to start to to dream of ways they can include you and stuff yeah they're going to uh be like well we're doing we're just Hanging out, going to the mall. Hey, I want to be around Justice because when I'm around that dude, it's always more fun. You know, they'll be sitting at home playing video games. Man, I want to be around. Hey, Justice, come hang out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and I think that for the most part, we've all experienced that to be true in some way or another. For sure. Um, 
so yeah, no shade to people who are going through a time in life where they're depressed or anxious and they, they need other people. Like I've had so many experiences like that in my own life where I'm yeah. like, Hey, like even to my wife where I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not fun to be around right now. I just am feeling a little depressed, you know? And because she's, well, my best friend, because she's a good person and a good friend and we have a strong relationship, she can say, no problem. Like, let me give you a shoulder rub. Like, hey, let me cook your favorite dinner or let's just sit and cuddle and watch a show together, you know? Um, and that's healthy and that's great. But if I was every day just demanding that my wife give me, give me energy, energy, and I just took, took, and took, that's not going to be a good marriage. That's Definitely not going to be fun not. for her. That's not a good relationship. Even no, without no. Marriage. Healthy relationships, you have to give and take, and you have to be willing to. Re- and so, because it's also not healthy if I pretended like I didn't ever need anything from her. If I was always like, "Hey, let's do what you want to do. What do you want to talk about? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to eat?" It would leave you feeling. Empty it would leave me feeling sure. unseen, unknown, and empty. Because then, guess what? Five years go by. She actually doesn't even know what my favorite foods are. Yeah. She doesn't know or that I deal. like shoulder rub. She doesn't even know what my favorite movies are and um, the microphone just picked up my stomach growling uh, <laughs> the gain is just mad yeah it's so. like literally inside me right now that is hilarious um yeah yeah, yeah. so so if you go through uh your friendships and relationships pretending that you don't have needs then as time goes on you won't you can't have a real friendship because people won't know you you know um so i would just yeah you need a healthy a healthy mix of, of both yeah so, taking and giving yeah for sure. Yeah. Balance as all things should be. Yeah, man. Um, man, I was going to say something about that. Damn, I hate these moments where I'm like thinking of something and then I get distracted. And then, <laughs> do you ever get that? Like just all bouncing, like especially in the nighttime, just bouncing from topic to topic. Like my brain is just spilling out like mm-hmm. like a mixed bucket of paint, but none of the colors are like dense enough. They're not the same density, so yeah. they're all different. And it's just a different color pouring out every two seconds. <laughs> That's what it's like. And it, I have trouble shutting it off. It mm-hmm. just doesn't like it allow me to sleep. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, sometimes that's why I will, I listen to an audio book. That's what's helped me go to sleep because then I can just focus on one train of thought. I'll just think about the words that are being said and that helps me go to sleep. Cause otherwise, yeah, my, my brain does the same thing where it just gets really noisy and there's all these things going on. And so for me, it's almost like a meditative thing. Like I'm just going to find if I can't like still all these different voices and ideas in my head, then I can at least just tune into one. To just one, especially if it's like Morgan Freeman. Dude, Morgan Freeman on like the Calm app or something. Yeah. You oh, ever you use that? Yes, I have used the Calm it's, app. It's awesome. It's a little expensive, but yeah. Definitely. If you think about it, like I think it's $15 a month. So it's like 50 cents a night. Total, I would definitely pay 50 cents to fall asleep faster. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, that is those, so true. Those... I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, fifteen dollars a month. I know. Fifty yeah. cents a night is. You just got to break it down into like, what is my, what is tonight's sleep worth? Fifty cents? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Just like buying and selling, like buying bulk and selling like like yeah. bulk shoes and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I was gonna say like um, when you're you have a very let's say let's just say one hundred percent positivity, which is like no one right. This is Jesus. This right. Is, this is a unicorn. <laughs> right. Something that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have another person who also has that. Um, realistically it's going to be more like 75 or maybe right, like 50 yeah. 50 mm-hmm. something like that yeah but like both 100 percent or someone it basically just someone the same level as you yeah even if it's towards like the lower end someone like like-minded people who are sending off the same energy yeah uh it's almost like in a weird way it's like euphoric like you feel really really good after having an interaction with someone of the same energy level yeah, as you definitely it's so interesting like some not like love sparks, but some sparks definitely fly. Yeah. For sure. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. Feeling known and understood where you're at. Um, oh, yeah. It's so valuable, you know. Um, I would say to the idea of, um, you know, if you are lower, and I don't mean just like you like had a bad day. I mean, like if you find yourself being depressed all the time, mm-hmm. like if you think that more days, you're depressed more days than you're not depressed. You know, so you're kind of like in a season of depression. Um, I would, it could feel good and um, 
Yeah, like initially to meet to have friends and people around you who are at that same level because then you feel like, well, I'm accepted for me right where I am, which is great as long as you're okay with staying there. Um, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't come off as like like judgy because this is I'm talking to myself also but it's like if you if sometimes when we're depressed or we're in a place where we don't want to be we're drinking too oh, let's use drinking okay let's say I know that I, I'm drinking too much um, it can initially feel really good to have other friends who also drink too much because yeah. you don't feel judged you don't feel like you need to change and you feel really you feel really normal yeah um there's the stomach again. <laughs> feeling normal is such a good feeling. Feeling normal is a good feeling uh, to an extent. As long as that is what you want your normal to be. Because, by the way, and we're talking about things with a negative context, right? That's why we're using the example of drinking. I'm not talking about emotional health. Like, if you are sad, I'm not saying, like, be happier. Because that doesn't work. Um, but, if yeah, if, if, if there are negative habits and lifestyles that you've kind of fallen prey to... Um, then it can be really dangerous to be surrounded by a majority of people who have the same struggles and bad habits that you do because it doesn't um, encourage positive change. In college, most of my friends drank too much. I drank too much. I would party four or five nights a week, and two of those nights I would black out. You know, I'd wake up in the morning, not remember what I did last night. Yeah. Not a great feeling. So... And it would take a, kind of a weird person to be like, I like that. Like, I want to stay there. You pretty much wake up those mornings being like, I'm the biggest piece of crap on the planet. Like, yeah. I need to change. Well, guess what? It's really hard to change if you're surrounded by that and that's normal. It's a little bit easier to start changing <laughs> if you're surrounded by some people who are like, hey, man, what's up with all the drinking? That's not cool, man. Or, uh, hey, really uh, wish that um, I need to eat some lunch tonight. <laughs> Um, I really wish that I could have hung out with you longer last night, but you drank so much that you passed out and you missed out on a good time. You know, it's like, oh man, like, and there are people that, you know, love you and you love them and you care about them. All of a sudden you're going, it's going to create this like energy that pushes you towards change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas, um, if we surround ourselves just with people who are like, yeah, dude, same. I also blacked out. Don't remember anything from last night. So that's what I would just, I would encourage people to if they don't have this already, to put those positive friendships in their life where it's like these people, like maybe if I'm at a 30 out of 100 in like energy and where I want to be, I'm going to surround myself with some like 40s and 50s. You know what I mean? Because I want to be more like them and I want to learn from them. And then by the way, then once you get up to that 40 or 50, you start hanging out with some 70s and 80s. And all of a sudden you're, you are becoming the kind of person you never thought you could become, but it's because that you, the standard around yourself is elevated. Just like the car thing. It's like, if I'm be, if I'm, uh, if my car is messy all the time, people are going to treat my car like crap, you know? But once I change the standard, other people are going to adapt to that. When you get in someone's car and it's spotless, you now are going to behave differently because the standard is higher. And so I guess I'm like, I'm just saying, especially in high school and college, um, through being a young adult, um, it's okay to have friends that make you feel known and seen and normal. I think that's really important as long as you're okay with where you're at. But if you want to really grow and you really want to become a better version of yourself, then I would challenge you to really audit the friendships that you have and look at them and say, where's this person going to be in five years? Because it's probably really similar to where I'm going to be in five years. Do I want to be there in five years? If yes, continue on. If no, hell no, that would be scarable. Like, like in five years, this person is going to be addicted to drugs and I hang out with them every single day. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. Like, do not continue a relationship with that person. It's not a, this isn't, and, and I don't mean it from a standpoint of like being mean or judgy. I'm like objectively, scientifically, mathematically, you will mirror, you will become what you are surrounded by. If you are surrounded by negativity, bad habits, um, lack of ambition, then that is the standard you're going to adopt for yourself. And that's the trajectory you're going to set, you know, for your future. Yeah. That was a huge, like, uh, 
a block for me. I, I really didn't want to believe that the show me your friends, I'll show you your future was true yeah, because yeah. all my friends were like stoners and stuff. Like <laughs> I really didn't want to, I, I wanted to be like, no, no, I'm different. I can right. still succeed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So now all those people, uh, out the door, mm-hmm. uh, very beneficial for me though. Every single day I'm doing something. I'm, I mean, I don't, necessarily have people that i'm surrounding myself with like Mm -hmm. constantly Mm -hmm. except for my dad you know yeah uh but like every single day i'm like working on a song writing a song coming up with ideas for like this this podcast which just me sitting in my room thinking of ideas right yeah uh but every single day is something productive you know i Mm -hmm. work make a check whatever you know what i'm saying every single day but like when i was hanging out with like oh yeah you guys down to smoke hey you guys down to smoke hey let's go smoke at the dam hey Mm -hmm. let's go smoke let's just go sesh Mm -hmm. every day constantly Mm -hmm. multiple times yeah uh that going nowhere right absolutely nowhere it was just a blur of me making money and spending my money and smoking weed (laughs) for like months yeah right uh but now it's like Within days of not having those people, it was just constantly moving forward. Yeah, man. Uh, huge progress. So, um, yeah, I'm so I'm so glad that you were able to to find that. Yeah, know, thank you. And and I think what you said is so important. You think, oh, but I'm different. I I'm diff like I'm better or I have more self control yeah. or whatever. It's like for the most part, you really don't. Everyone's unique, but we're all human. That was right. such a difficult thing for me to accept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's awesome. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, Oliver, do you know who Oliver Tree is? Oliver Tree. He makes that TikTok song, Life Goes On and On and On and On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he has this lyric, uh, some people are so poor that all they have is money. Mm. Yeah. I just thought that was really good. That's I might really get good. that tattooed or something <laughs> like that. Dude, that's awesome. Do yeah. you have any tattoos? I don't. No. I tried to get a tattoo, uh, but nowhere in California you're going to get a tattoo unless you're 18. Oh, okay. I thought it was 16 for some reason. Like yeah, I mean, it used to be like 16 with parental consent or whatever. Um, yeah. But Sorry, you can check my no phone longer. real quick. And yeah, sure. That Is that my phone? Uh, this one would be nope, mine. No, it's yours. Hmm. Oh, it's under my butt. Okay, cool. I've still got another 10 minutes. Cool. All right. Well, this was a great first interview. I think this is going to be a great intro to the series. Yeah. So what's the name of the series? Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to name the series itself. I just know the idea, which I said in the beginning, you know, everyone differently contributing yeah. to society. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's great. You could have such a wide array of guests. For real. That's yeah. what I'm, so I'm thinking probably seven, eight episodes next time, maybe a cop and then like a teacher or a firefighter or something yeah, like that. That'd be really cool. Maybe like a homeless guy. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be really interesting. It would be really interesting. I would love to, to hear what they have to say. Exactly. And like what contribution they think that they're making to the world, if any. Yeah. You know? Yeah. See what their mindset is and what vibrations they're sending off. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'd definitely be tuning into that one. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. All right. Well, that, thank you so much for coming on, bro. That was Absolutely. super cool. Dude, thank you so much for having me. This Absolutely, was a lot of fun. Absolutely, we'll dude. Have to do it again sometime. So fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys.